0: Heavenly Father, we are grateful to you for this morning. For indeed, this is the day that the Lord has made. We rejoice and we're glad in it. We honor you for your life that you have given to us. We bless you for this moment together as a people. Thank you for the revelation of your will. We honor you because of your consistent uncovering of your counsel to us. This morning, it's also another dedicated time to behold the wonders of your glory, to examine the beauty of your sacrifice. Let the word of God stir up her heart this morning. Let her be instruction. Let there be challenges, let there be transformation as we receive from your holy word this morning. We glorify you and we honor you. In Jesus' precious name, we have prayed. And the church said, amen, amen. I'm going to be speaking on what I called the worth of the blood of Jesus. All over the scriptures, we have seen that the blood has played significant role in the redemption and in the atonement for men. Even where we did not pay enough attention, the blood has always been an instrument in the scriptures when it comes to relationship with God. If you remember what happened in the book of Joshua chapter 2, starting from verse 18 to nine, the scripture says, Behold, when we come into the land, thou shalt bind this line of scarlet thread in the window, which thou did let us down by. And whoever shall be with thee in the house, his blood shall be on our head, if any hand be upon him. Many of us remember this story. This was a story of what transpired between the spies that were sent by Moses and Rahab. We call her the Harlot. Now, the woman that was being spoken here, of course, we know that she was living in the city of Jericho. Now, as the Israelites, by divine plan, came to possess the land, the city was destined for destruction. Many of us are familiar with the story. And also, she was also part of the city. But you see, when the spies were sent, she hid the spies, and there was a promise to her because of what she did when they when they were gonna come for the destruction of Jericho, that she will be spared. But how would they know? How would they know that this is a guarantee? How will she be convinced that she will be delivered and our people? Now that was when this word came to her. Behold, when we come into the land, you will bind the scarlet thread. Now the word scarlet means red. So what we see here. Is that this cord, this thread, is a type of the blood of Jesus Christ, and it pointed directly to the words, "the lamp of God that takes away the sins of the world." Remember, even as an allot, God was going to preserve because there is a scarlet thread outside. That is to let us know the ability of the blood to wipe away the past and to create a new future for whoever will come to him. In fact, all of the world over the Bible, Jesus Christ and his blood and and the blood redemption, you will find that the scarlet thread all over the scriptures being fully explained by the story of every character you see in the scriptures. Let me take us through a few of them. In Genesis chapter three, we all understand that that was the beginning of human history when Adam and Eve sinned God shed the blood of innocent blood innocent blood in order of animals in order to make clothes from animal skin for them and this is a picture of the covering of righteousness that we receive also through the blood of Jesus our savior In Genesis, also in chapter 4, you will see what happened, what transpired between Cain and Abel. Now, both of them instinctively wanted to worship God. We all remember the story. Cain sacrificed the fruit of the ground. Abel, on the other hand, had already learned that God demanded blood sacrifice. She offered an absolute perfect sacrifice to God. Now, don't get me wrong. The Bible says without the shedding of the Lord, Hebrews chapter 9, verse 22 that we just read, there will be no remission. There will be no remission of sins. Now, there are many controversies. There are many ways to look at the story of Cain and Abel. But the key there was that Abel took the best of the lamb and offered a sacrifice unto God. We also remember the story between God, when God spoke to Abraham to go sacrifice, his only son, it was by this time Abraham. And when Abraham in Genesis chapter 22, went with the intent to obey the Lord, as they were going, of course the son asked him, Father, I see the wood, I see the knife, but where is the sacrifice? And Abraham replied, the Lord shall provide. And we understand just before Abraham plunged the dagger into the quivering heart of his son because the young man was afraid. The angel stopped him. And then Abraham saw a ram caught in the ticket. And Isaac was set free. But remember, even though Isaac was not the sacrifice, that was a blood sacrifice that came from an animal that became the very sacrifice that God desired from Abraham. It came in place of Isaac. Then also we realize when The people of Israel, when they were about to leave the land of bondage in Egypt, one night of the Passover, God instructed each house to slay a lamb and put the blood on the lintel of the house so that when I see the blood, the Bible says in Exodus chapter 12, I will pass over you. So we saw all of that even in the book of Exodus chapter 12. In the same way when Moses was instructed to build the tabernacle and also later the temple in the wilderness, thousands upon thousands of sheep, oxen, uh, torridos were killed and their blood split as sacrifices for sin. And finally, all of these things that I mentioned, they were actually a type signifying what was to come. Now, what was to come was the best of them all. Jesus Christ went to the cross, his death was the fulfillment of the prophecy and the promises of God. The Bible says in Revelation chapter 13, many of us remember that he says, it was a lamb that was slain from the foundation of the world. So Jesus came to die, he planned to die, he lived to die, and he was born to die. So as we have seen, the blood of Jesus is throughout the scriptures. But what does the blood mean to us? What is the worth of the blood? I'm going to go through the scripture that we have just read. The first thing that was mentioned in this Hebrews chapter 9 and verse 11 was that Christ being come an high priest of good things to come. I want us to pause a little bit and think about that. Jesus coming in as an high priest of good things to come, but a greater and more perfect tabernacle, not made with hands, that is to say, not of this building. Jesus was foreshadowing good things to come. In other words, there were good things stirred up in the blood of the high priest himself, not like the blood of goats and calves, but by his own blood, the Bible says, he entered into the holy place, having obtained an eternal redemption for us. So Jesus was doing something that was going to span through eternity. That as many that will come to the Lord with a true heart of sacrifice and worship, they will be accepted and their lives will be transformed on account of his blood. Not having blood of bulls and goats and, and lamb and, and ashes of hypha sprinkling for the unclean. But they never made men completely pure, but through the blood of Jesus. In fact, the Bible describes this in this verse 9. How much more shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal Spirit offered himself without spot to God, purge your conscience from dead works to serve the living God? So it is important that we focus there that the power that is in the blood has the ability to purge a man's conscience, a dead conscience, a seared conscience, transform the mind of that man and make him completely whole. All of us are testifiers today that there is something about the blood that has secured a complete, fresh alliance with God which we never had before. And that is the joy that I have to know the worth of the blood. We may not see the blood now in our days, but the blood is still at work, creating, cleansing, and purifying the heart of man, and purging the heart of man, and making them new before the Lord. The Bible also tells us in that same passage in Hebrews chapter 9 that Jesus became the mediator of the New Testament. Now, the word Testament is critical. We need to understand it. The word Testament is a Latin word which means a will. So, this is going to help us out a lot. A will. Many of us know today, as adults, we also have our own will. A will is a prepared document. That at the transition of such individual, it will be a way for those left behind to know how the inheritance of this individual will be distributed. Maybe among children or family members, or even to the estate or to the government. There is always a will, something that is left behind. Now, understand this, this is going to help us, that a will is of no power as long as the testator is still alive. So the power of a will, the power of a testament is at the death of a testator. It's like having life insurance. Life insurance is of no use when the individual is still alive. The power of that insurance takes its effect after the person has passed on to glory. Now, it is important that we understand that as soon as Jesus went on the cross and offered himself as a sacrifice for us, the will of God, the testament of God, the power of his inheritance is, was made available to you and I. And that is the beauty of the power of the blood of Jesus. Now I have access to the will of God. Now I have access to the inheritance that came through the sacrifice of Jesus on the cross. In fact, the Bible says, even in the Old Testament, there was no article. There was no s- specific element, both in the temple and also in the tabernacle, that was not sprinkled with the blood, including the books. Many of us remember the books. That that were given all of the the, the testament, the, the law of Moses. Everything was sprinkled by the blood. Meaning that without the blood, there will be no acceptance of such article. The reason why you and I have been accepted by God today is because there is a blood involved in your salvation. There is a sacrifice involved in my salvation. Jesus's blood has taken the place of our sins and has paid the ultimate price for you and I. Therefore, I have access to the will of God. I have I can lay hold on inheritance and the heritage of God in my life. Charles Spurgeon many years ago said these words: Morality can keep you out of jail. It takes the blood of Jesus Christ to keep you out of hell. <laughs> Morality can keep you out of jail. It takes the blood of Jesus to keep you out of eternal doom. There is no greater mystery, I believe, in the Christian life than the worth of the blood of Jesus. As we're closing on the Easter celebration this year, it is important as a people to zero in on the heart of the gospel. Behind our redemptive freedom and gift is the outpouring I believe, of the innocent and the sinless blood of the Son of God. Blood in itself is a symbol of life, and life is a gift from God. Life was imparted through His blood. Our lives is in His blood. Therefore, we need to stop allowing things to beat us down. We need to claim the life He purchased for us at Calvary. The Bible says in Luke chapter 17, for the life of the flesh is in the blood and I've given it to you upon the altar to make an atonement for your souls. For it is the blood that maketh it an atonement for the soul, meaning the only acceptable atonement for soul is the blood. Jesus, without reservation, offered his life By shedding his blood for you and for me. So, the purpose of the cross was not just for us to see the suffering of the Son of God, but also to see the power, the impact, the worth of the sprinkling of the blood. So, this morning, I'm just going to take us to the benefits that is the worth of this blood. That was shed for us. It is important that we pay attention to this, and that reminds me of the only old hymn that we used to sing. There is power, power, wonder walking power in the blood of the Lamb. There is power, power, wonders walking power. In the precious blood of the Lamb. I want to quickly go to the benefits associated, the blessings that proceed from this blood. There are many inherent benefits in Jesus' blood. However, the benefits of the blood of Christ do little good until we apply them to our lives. The Bible says for unto us was the gospel preached as well as unto them. But the word preached did not profit them, nor be mixed with faith in them that heard it. So it is possible to be saved, delivered out of the world, and the grip of the evil one, and fail to walk in all that God desires for us. The Bible says in Romans chapter 1, for there is, dear, for, for dear is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith, as it is written, the just shall live by faith. Remember that he says from faith to faith, there is saving faith, which saves us from death, deliver us out of the world of which we have read this morning. Egypt was also a type. Set us free from fear of this world, which is the devil. However, many of us fail to go on to live by faith, which takes us into God's fullness. This is what this means to me, in my estimation. After the blood has been shed, I need to be able to appropriate the worth of the blood of Jesus. I need to be able to live in the reality of what the bloods that done for me. By faith, I am a saint. I am not a sinner because the blood secures my freedom. I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, not mentally, but in the knowing in my spirit, because the blood has paid the price for me. But when I was a new believer, I remember those days, many of us probably did this. I I used to pray, Lord Jesus, I'm going to bed tonight in case when the rapture happens in my sleep, please make sure I am qualified. I didn't know that much. I don't need to pray that prayer because the blood of Jesus. Has already paid the price for my redemption. I am saved. I am the righteousness of God. Either I am asleep or I am awake. It does not change the fact that the blood has paid the price for me. Glory to God. Let's talk about these few benefits before we close this morning. This is going to stretch into next week by the grace of God as we speak about the power of the blood. Now, Sometimes as preachers, we overstretch the truth and thin it out that it begins to look different. Now, I want us to see that what we're talking about today is the fact of history. Jesus came in the flesh. The Word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld His glory. The glory of only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. We Number one, we are saved from the wrath of God by his blood. Please, church, make no mistake about this. The wrath of God is coming upon those who are not covered and sealed by the blood of Christ. It is easy for us to preach hope to men, and it's great, and it's wonderful, it's scriptural. But we must also remind men that outside of hope, There is wrath. The Bible says in Romans chapter 1 verse 18, for the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness. The Bible says all, none left out and unrighteousness of men. We hold the truth, Who hold the truth in unrighteousness. God's wrath is coming upon this pervasive degenerate world. The wrath of God is real. The wrath of God was seen when the first world was completely wiped out by the flood in the days of Noah. That is the wrath of God. The wrath of God was, was seen when God destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah by fire. Why? Because God is a God of love, but he's also a God of wrath for those that will refuse his free will. Of sending his son to die on the cross. The Bible says in Matthew chapter 25, verse 41 Dying shall he say unto them on the left hand, Depart from me, you cursed, into everlasting life. Prepare for the devil and his angels. Now, it is important that I point out this morning from that scripture God's intention is not to destroy man. Hell and everlasting destruction was prepared for the devil and his angels. But man must choose life. Man must choose the mercy of God. Otherwise, man will be subjected to the wrath and to the destruction that is going to come from the same God. Romans chapter 5, verse 9. The Bible says, much more then, being now justified by his blood, we shall be saved from the wrath to come. Being justified, we shall be saved from the wrath through him. It is only those who have placed their faith in the propitiation of the blood of Jesus that will be spared from the wrath to come. That is the truth. Romans chapter three verse twenty-five, whom God has set forth as a propitiation. Now the word propitiation. Let me just explain here so that we understand. To propitiate it means to appease. It means to 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 sacrifice. It's appealing and appeasing to. A higher force. The Bible says, whom God has set forth by the propit- to be a propitiation through faith in his blood. So what gives us, what appeases the Father is our faith in the blood. The Bible says to declare his righteousness for the remission of sins that are passed through the forbearance of God. So we are clenched and forgiven by his blood. As we expose ourselves to God, who is the pure light, as a sinner in need of cleansing, his blood completely washes us of all our sins. The Bible said, Though your sins be as scarlet, Isaiah chapter 1, I think verses 18 or 19, they shall be as white as snow. Though they be red like crimson, the Bible says, they shall be as wool. That is the truth. Though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be white as snow. The blood, this is amazing. The blood which is red makes, makes a cleansing of a life and purifies that life and makes that life white as snow, though the blood is red. Glory to God. In First John chapter 1, the Bible says in verse 7, if we walk in the light, as he is in the light, we are fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus Christ his Son cleanses us from all sin. Let me quickly go to the second point because this is the second worth that I see. Not only does the blood remove the wrath of God, the blood of Jesus justified us. We are justified by his blood. These are not the same thing. And, and I really want to explain this. First of all, we are saved from the wrath of God. But now we are justified. When you accept Jesus as your Lord, His blood immediately cleanses you of your sins. God looks at you as Je- through Jesus' righteous blood and sees only His righteousness. Therefore, we become the righteousness of God In Jesus. In the book of Romans, chapter 5, verse 9, the Bible says, Much more than being now justified by his blood, we shall be saved from the wrath through him. Being just, being now justified by his blood. Second Corinthians, chapter 5, verse 21, For he made him who knew no sin to be seen for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. Now, God looks at you through Jesus' blood and he no longer sees your sin, but only sees Jesus' perfect righteousness. He sees you just as he you have never seen. This is where the, the cross of the matter is, that a lot of believers were living in the guilt of sin each day. If you're a believer, you should not be living in the guilt of any sin. You should not be living in condemnation of any sin because the blood has delivered the blood, has removed the, not only the, the sin out of your life, but also the guilt of sin out of your life. It is one thing for somebody to be forgiven. is for them, It's another thing for them to be living a guilt-free life. The blood of Jesus did not only save you. He has given us a guilt-free life. What does that mean? Your offense and mine have been taken care of. You have been justified by his blood. Justification is a legal language, which means that the penalty of your sin is no longer going to be held against you. Jesus was just. Was the just who justified every one of us. We have been discharged and acquitted of our past. Interestingly, of our present. And amazingly, of our future. Whatever you may have done in the past, you have been discharged and acquitted of it because of his blood. No wonder Romans chapter 8, verse 1. You know, this is one scripture we can't stop talking about because it's real. There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus. If you are in Christ Jesus, will walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death number three remember number one we have been saved from the wrath of god number two we have been justified we have been declared guiltless before god number three which is also unique is that now through the blood of jesus We have now been reconciled to the Father. Very important. We were, all of us, before salvation, we were at enmity with God. We were God's enemy. We were actually at war with Him. Maybe you've read in your Bible, before the Bible said God is angry with the wicked every day. We were the wicked. That God was angry with every day. The Bible says that before Christ, we were without that before Christ, we were without Christ, aliens from the commonwealth of Israel, strangers from the covenant of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. That's Ephesians chapter two. Thank God for the reconciliation that came through the blood of Jesus. So you and I, we have been reconciled. To reconcile a man is to create peace between two people who are at war with each other. So the scripture says in Colossians chapter 1 and verse 20, having made through peace through the blood of his cross, by him to reconcile all things unto himself, having made peace through the blood of his cross. So if a man does not know Jesus, They have no peace.